Welcome to this week's edition of Leading the Way, powered by the Institute for Corporate Productivity. Influential people, high-performing organizations, creating a culture of success. And now your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Hello again, everybody. Great to have you along on this Sunday afternoon. Scott Murray along with Angel Carlton. And yet another edition of Leading the Way. And I tell you what, I so enjoy what we do each and every Sunday afternoon, Angel. But this one's really kind of special because, as you well know, as someone that uh, went to college and was very close to going on to medical school to become a pediatrician, this is special because, as I have said for years, the place you're talking about today, talking about today to me is a Disneyland for sick kids. I remember the first time I walked in, I said, wow. And the environment and the culture that exists there is above and beyond just about any organization or corporation I have ever been a part of. Now, people are saying, gosh, Scott, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about St. Jude Children's. That's right. The research hospital that uh, we have uh, come to know for years and years and years, and we'll get into that specifically. But first of all, I want to talk about you, and it's great to have you on board because we always like to, to mention our presenting partner, I4CP, the Institute for Corporate Productivity, of which you are a director. That's correct. And uh, I'll tell our audience a little bit about us if you're tuning in for the first time. I4CP is the leading human capital research firm that discovers the people practices of high-performing organizations. And we take that empirical data and research and we share it with our members. We work with some of the top companies in the world, companies like Amazon, Starbucks, 3M, Ford, Microsoft. And we connect their HR executives with their peers so they have resources and tools to outperform their competition. You can certainly learn more about I4CP by visiting our website at i4cp. Sounds pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Great place. Do a lot of wonderful things. And we're talking about uh, yet another one of those organizations that is high performing. Absolutely. And we're talking about St. Jude Jude Children's Research Hospital uh, here on Leading the Way in this Sunday afternoon. And let me tell you a little something about the the chief executive officer. He became the president and the CEO of ALSAC, the uh, fundraising and awareness organization for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, back in uh, about 2009, I think it was. So it's close to 10 years ago. And prior to becoming CEO, he served as the chairman and president of the LSAC Board of Directors, and he earned a BA in political science from Marquette University and a law degree from Loyola University in Chicago, your old hometown. Yes. How about that? Well, you can mince words with the with our, our good guest here shortly. Uh, the mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which is based in Memphis, Tennessee, is to advance cures and means of prevention for pediatric catastrophic diseases through research and treatment consistent with the vision of their founder, Danny Thomas. No child is denied treatment based on race, religion, or a family's ability to pay. That's right. You go to St. Jude, you don't pay a dime. That's incredible. They take care of everything. I'm I'm talking airfare. When you stay there, it's taken care of. You might be in the Ronald McDonald House. You might be any, you know, it's it's just over and above. And uh, it's quite a place. Founder and entertainer Danny Thomas opened the doors to St. Jude back in 1962 with a dream that no child should die in the dawn of life. And uh, I'll tell you what, why don't you tell, I mentioned ALSAC. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell uh, our, our listeners what ALSAC stands for, Angel. Well, ALSAC stands for American Lebanese Syrian Associated 
charities. And Danny Thomas was Lebanese, and that's where that all comes from. Gotcha. Okay. It was founded by Danny Thomas in 1957 to be the fundraising and awareness organization for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And its sole mission is to raise the funds and awareness necessary to operate and maintain the hospital. So ALSEC is responsible for raising 75% of the funds necessary to operate St. Jude. And listen to this. I talked to you about being free, unlike other hospitals all around the world, for that matter. The majority of funding for St. Jude comes from a generous donor. There are a few out there, lots of generous donors. It costs no less than $2.7 million per day to operate the hospital. And I remember when it was about uh, half a million. But I think the most important part of the whole thing, years ago, I remember raising money door-to-door for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital when I was a little kid. And I'll tell you something. This is what's really above and beyond. In 1962, when Danny Thomas founded St. Jude, Mm -hmm. the cure rate for leukemia was, childhood leukemia, was 4%. And a few years back, I remember going up there, it is now 94%, and it might be even more than that. And the guy, the the gentleman, the man himself who will be able to give us all that information is Rick Shadiak. Rick, how was that for an introduction? Did we, did we, we're almost done with the show, so just say goodnight, everybody. (laughs) Well, thank you, Scott and Angel. That was absolutely fantastic. It's a privilege, it's a privilege to be on your show. Did we get it all right? You did. You did. Uh, just absolutely perfect. Oh, well, let me ask you this. I, I mentioned that statistic. I remember hearing that years and years and years ago. 4% and then 94%. Is it about that now, or where, where is that, those statistics? It's it just is, above and beyond, whatever it might be. It is 94% for acute lymphoblastic leukemia, which is the most common form of childhood cancer. And overall, we've taken the cancer survivor rates from 20% when we opened the doors in 1962 to 80%, and we're shooting to get at 90%. And we don't want to stop until no child dies from cancer. So still got a lot of work to do. Well, I tell you what, it's an incredible legacy. And uh, I have been to St. Jude, uh, oh, I don't know, 12, 15 times. And as I said at the top, it is indeed a Disney World for sick kids. You walk in that front door and the culture and just the environment is above and beyond. You have everybody from from the the, the scientists with the 15 PhDs and, and MDs and doctors and nurses and even the janitors and the wait staff and whoever it might, they all say hello. Hey, how you doing today? Hey, how you doing today? It's unbelievable. I've never, I've never been any place like it. It's, it's an amazing place. And, you know, our, our model is very, very different. So our patients come to us and, and you know, they've, they've obviously been diagnosed with a devastating uh, catastrophic disease. And our patients are going to be with us for a real long time, Scott. So it's important that we create an environment that, that, that they're, they're going to be comfortable in. So we're not a local children's hospital. And, and, and many of our patients are with us literally for months and years on end. Uh, so we want them to feel comfortable. We want them to remember that they're kids and create an environment where where they can actually when they're feeling up to it you know enjoy themselves a little bit and just be a kid so that's what it's all about and we think kids thrive in that kind of an environment and the public support allows us to to create that kind of environment and to, and to have the amenities that are necessary to to do that for our families well i tell you what you you do it often and you do it well there's no question about that i've met a lot of families from from the north texas area both dallas and fort worth that have uh, been the beneficiaries of, of your kindness and your incredible knowledge and wisdom and all that St. Jude continues to do. So uh, so good for you. And I do, before we move on with the program, and Angel and I have a few questions for you. 
I was watching the NFL draft, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, taking place here at uh, AT&T Stadium in, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and all of a sudden, they go to give the, the Broncos pick, and there's a Denver Broncos fan, and he's all of about 10 years old. He's in a wheelchair, and they introduce him as a patient from St. Jude, who wants to be, I guess, a broadcaster someday, and it was incredible. So they talked about the great relationship between the NFL and St. Jude. I had no idea that this existed. Oh yeah, we're, that was that was patient Austin, uh, and and Austin is just an, he's an awesome kid, and and I've gotten to know him pretty well. He's actually 16 or 17 now, and he is an aspiring broadcaster. A couple of years back, he we we were able to get him so that he could do an interview with Peyton Manning right before he played his last game, which was the Super Bowl. Uh, and and I will tell you, it was a funny little story because he was interviewing Peyton, and he and he's I mean he takes his job seriously, he takes his you know what he wants to become very very seriously. And he asked a couple of tough questions, and Peyton goes, hey, I just want you to know, these questions are much better than the ones that journalists that get paid for a living um, <laughs> offer up to me. And, and he's, you know, he's been blessed to be able to be on the Rich Eisen show and the NFL Network, and, and he's just an extraordinary kid. He's so talented, Scott, that he's already received scholarship offers. Uh, people have seen him, colleges have seen him on television, and they're just blown away by the kid. He's a remarkable young man, and he's a great example of how you can overcome lots of challenges in your life to ultimately do what you want to do. So I, I love Austin. He's a great kid. Oh, that's fantastic. And yeah. I can see Peyton Manning having a great time with that. Of course, Peyton, you're in, you're in the state of Tennessee, and, and he, of course, went to the University of Tennessee before he went on to his, uh, his Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, career that, uh, you know, he'll be, he'll be inducted here soon. But that, that was great stuff, great stuff. Stuff. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, I loved really his energy. Did. You yeah, can tell. It was it's phenomenal. Just a, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it was good. That's how he is. <laughs> That's how he is. Yep. Well, I tell you what, uh, as we always do here, uh, Rick, uh, Angel and I start off with a little something called the lightning round. And it's 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 kind of your journey to success and how you've gone on to become the, the CEO of a, of a major organization like St. Jude. So it's five fun questions that kind of let people know who you are and what you're all about. First one, very simply, first job, what'd you learn from it? Wow. So, so uh, uh, my first job was pumping gas. Really? <laughs> and, oh, wow. And remember those days? gas during the gas crisis. So that was when there were gas. If you remember, there were lines. Scott, you and I might remember. I don't, so it, it, there were lines. And, and, you know, it was you know, constant. It was nonstop. And, and I learned the value of hard work. But I just want to throw one other thing in. The, the, really, the job, and it wasn't a job. It was a volunteer effort that affected me the most is when I was in law school. I taught a class called Street Law in the inner city of Chicago. Um, and I, and I was exposed to some kids that, that, that I really felt like I could have an impact on. And, and I literally was treating them the law of the street. Um, and, and I will never, ever forget that experience. And then after I graduated from law school and I went back to Washington, D.C., I ultimately taught street law in Washington, D.C. as well. So that was a very impact, impactful part of my life as well. And, you know, that was when I really realized I really wanted to give back and focus especially on kids. Oh, how rewarding is that work? Yeah, That's it was, great. It was special. So, Rick, who were your top two mentors in life, and how did they have an influence on you as a as a young professional? Yeah, Angel. You know, I, I had an amazing, I have amazing parents. So, but I have to say, my father, um, my father was my law partner. Obviously, he was my dad, but he was my law partner, and also he was a prior CEO at at, at Alsac and was one of the founders of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, along with Danny Thomas. And the second person would be Danny Thomas. And, and I was blessed to be able to know him, and he and my father were very, very good friends. And he actually even used to stay at our house. I remember when I was a little kid. But as I got 
got older, I was able to get to know him uh, as, a, as a young professional. Uh, and, and I am constantly inspired by my father and Danny Thomas. Both of these gentlemen have passed on now. And the courage and the bravery that they had, the vision that they had to create ALSAC, American Lebanese Syrian Associated Charities, to build St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And I think about how daunting the task was that, that they decided that they were going to put it in a segregated city, Memphis, Tennessee. They were going to treat all kids regardless of their race or their economic background. Uh, and, and, you know, they took on a disease that was deemed to be completely incurable. So that leukemia that we talked about, Scott recited the statistic correctly, had a survival rate of 4%. Things were so dire, Angel, back in those days that parents literally were told to celebrate half birthdays with their kids because they wouldn't survive to their next birthday. Yet that was the disease that these men and women decided to tackle first at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and they defied everyone who said, you're wasting your time, it's impossible, and they said, no, it's not, we're going to get this done because no child should die in the dawn of life. Great. And how proud must you be? to follow in Danny Thomas' footsteps and your father's. I didn't know that whole story, Rick. That's incredible. Gosh. Yeah, but I'd love to tell you the whole story because it's a it's an amazingly cool story. But it's, inc- it's it's so it's so awesome for me to be able to follow in the footsteps of my father and to try to carry on the legacy of my oh, family. Oh, for sure. And also, and also, um, you know, Danny Thomas. He, yeah. he was amazing people. Oh, that's that's outstanding. We're talking to Rick Shadyac, CEO at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. As we continue this edition of Leading the Way, we're back with more right after this. Leading the Way. It's about influential leaders and the business practices leading companies use to impact market performance. That's what the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, does on a daily basis. We work with leading companies, from Amazon to Boeing, and REI to 3M, to not only discover the best people practices of high-performance organizations, but the next practices, those that will define market leadership in the years ahead. Senior HR, learning, talent, and diversity executives from many of the most respected companies in the world rely on I4CP to ensure that their efforts will make the greatest impact on the business. After all, it's difficult to stay ahead by only looking behind. I4CP's focus on next practices is what today's top companies rely on to lead the way. I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way, every single day and now back to leading the way powered by the institute for corporate productivity here's scott murray and angel carlton welcome back to leading the way as we continue on with the program on this sunday afternoon scott murray along with angel carlton and our special guest the ceo at st jude children's research hospital in memphis tennessee rick shadiak rick let's move on with our uh, our lightning round uh question three most important and most significant experience or turning point in your professional career in developing your skills as the leader that you have become. Well, actually, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that this way. Uh, it was when I when I didn't get into my college of choice. Uh, and, and, and somebody told me that I should consider going to trade school instead of uh, furthering my education. You're and, kidding, really? And, and that's the truth, and, and, and that was a slap in my face, and I said, guess what? I am going to prove you. I used some different words then, but I was, I'm going to prove you guys <laughs> completely wrong, and, and uh, I just don't take tests very well, but I'm not a dummy, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this forward, and I'm going to really show you guys a 
myself and, and, and do the best I can to, you know, to try to make a difference in the world. So that was the experience, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget that day. And my father was with me when that happened, and, and I ended up going to Marquette University, and it was, uh, I mean, amazing four years at Marquette. I loved my time there, uh, and, and, and thank God I did well there and was able to go on to law school at Loyola, and it motivated me to, to prove lots of folks wrong, and, and hopefully I've done that over the course of my 61 years of life. <laughs> yeah, I had a guidance teacher in high school that told me the same thing. So uh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Good night, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and my you. son had a similar experience, really? and, yeah. and that's great. I'm going to share that to uh, inspire him as, yeah. uh, as, a, as a turning point. Absolutely. So uh, the next question is, Rick, what is the best advice you'd give someone in the next generation in today's changing world? You know, I, I'd, I'd tell them, I, I, think about, I think about a quote from Gandhi the most, and I'd, I'd tell them to be the change in the world that they wish to see be the change in the world that they wish to see. You know, in, 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 in my case, my, my family wanted that change to be the eradication of childhood cancer. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm so inspired by the, the, the generation that's coming up right now because because they're taking to the streets uh, and, and, and advocating for gun control. Um, and, and, you know, so they're taking things into their own hands because they feel passionately about that. So I just would say to all young people, be the change in the world that you wish to see. Don't sit on the sidelines. You have to be active, um, and, and you know you have to be a part of this. So that would be the advice I'd give. Good advice too. Thanks, Rick. Last question: How would you define your legacy? What comes to mind? Well, uh, you know, I, I would always tie it to St. Jude, and I, I would hope and pray that I that I've inspired, um, touched, or made a difference in the lives of kids. And, and that's what my passion is, is to try to impact kids. So I would hope and pray that that would be my legacy. Well, that's a great legacy, and you're certainly living it already. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. What a, what a great opportunity to follow in his father's footsteps and, of course, Danny Thomas. All right, well, let's move on to, uh, with some other questions. I mentioned at the top, Rick, that uh, it's $2.7 million a day operating costs for St. Jude to take care of all these patients and all these families. So ALSAC raises funds to do so. How do you go about doing that, though? That's that's a heck of a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a variety of ways. Yeah, we, this year we have to raise well over a billion dollars. That's a B with a B there, a billion dollars. Wow. Uh, to meet the needs of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital because the hospital budget is in excess of a billion dollars. So, you know, we, we run about 31,000 fundraising events around the country. Uh, Scott, you're, you're a participant in, in, in several of them, and, and that one, the one that we do in Dallas is one of our most successful events, the Evening Under the Stars. Uh, but, but we do that all across the country. Uh, we just completed the, the St. Jude National Marathon, which is a, which was a marathon here in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and we'll raise over two million dollars uh, from, from that event and, and you know then we're blessed to have the support of corporate America as well and and there are some folks that that, that, in, in, that are, are wealthy that support us uh, and then you know our average gift this is what I really want your listeners to know our average gift is $43 we are middle America's charity um, you know most of our revenue most of the uh, you know the donations to St. Jude come from household incomes of $75,000 or less and, and that's what I think is so cool about St. Jude. We have 11 million donors. 
So when all those people come together, you can see the difference that they can make. And they literally, these donors, these 11 million folks that support us every year, they're the ones that operate St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and allow us to stay true to that, that major message that we have, that major mission point that we have, that no family will ever receive a bill from St. Jude, not for the cost of treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all we want mom and dad to worry about is helping their child survive cancer, catastrophic disease. Wow, that's so incredible, because as a, as a donor myself for St. Jude, I take note of all the creative marketing that you do to attract uh, more attention and create more awareness. And uh, most recently, I saw your T-shirt campaign, This T-shirt Saves Lives, right on the front of the T-shirt. I thought, oh, is that cool? And it was all over Facebook. And uh, you obviously have a spectacular marketing team with all the ways that you continue to create awareness for St. Jude. Is, is it done in-house? It, it, most of it is yeah. done in-house. And, and Angel, I mean, you, you, you can't see me because we're on the phone together right now, but that's the exact shirt I have on. How oh. <laughs> cool. Lives is the shirt that I have yeah. on. And, 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 you know, I'm here in, in, in Nashville for this marathon that we just completed. And, you know, I wanted everybody to know this is we, it's been embraced by the country music industry uh, and we've pushed this out. So, yeah, we've got we've got amazing creative professionals that are on our, our ALSAC team. Uh, and they're the ones that, that push a lot of this awareness out that you see. Look, our awareness is done. OK, OK. We certainly want to drive as much revenue donations as we can to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to support our life saving work, but we also want people to know that that resource is there, that St. Jude Children's Resource Research Hospital is there if, God forbid, their child is diagnosed with cancer or another disease that we're going to treat. That's what St. Jude's about. And we also want people to know that we are a research hospital and that we conduct research that nobody else is going to conduct, and then we freely share that research with the world so that kids all across the globe can benefit from our from the work that's done at St. Jude. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely want to hear a little bit more about your research. And uh, and I love the, the T-shirt uh, as a conversation piece and a way to spark conversation about St. Jude. So as, as we're talking about creativity and that innovative thinking among your teams there, uh, what do you do to inspire innovation there and, and generate these new ideas and raising funds? Let's talk about the innovation at St. Jude. Yeah, well, you know, we have seven culture pillars at ALSAC. Um, so uh, one of them is innovation. And, and, and I'll talk about innovation both at ALSAC and at St. Jude. But, you know, I, I want us to remain a cutting edge, you know, not-for-profit that, that, that's going to look for a variety of ways to engage with people that want to support us. And, you know, innovation, people think innovation is hard. I personally don't think it's hard. I, I think it starts with being curious. And so what I try to say to all of my employees is keep asking the why question, you know, question everything, be curious about everything. Are there better ways we can do things? And, and then it's amazing when you free yourself kind of from the rigors of your, of your, your job and you put yourself in more relaxed and creative situations, you'd be amazed at the, the, the innovation that, that, that you can come up with, the new thinking that you can come up with. And the same thing is done, you know, at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. They're constantly 
constantly looking for different ways to treat kids. The best example I could give to you was the, the idea that we would, we would embark upon the Pediatric Cancer Genome Project, which was the largest study of the pediatric cancer genome at a time when we were in the Great Recession in 2009. But we are, the, the CEO of St. Jude at the time, Dr. William Evans, said that he thought this could be a game changer. He said, we want to understand why kids get cancer, what causes kids to have cancer. Um, and, 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 you know, this project, which was absolutely amazing, taught us so much about how to treat childhood cancer. And we learned that these diseases are, are just incredibly complex and very, very different and that they should be treated in very different ways. And it's ultimately leading us down a path of personalized medicine and personalized treatment plans. But it's because we do things that nobody else is going to do. Uh, and we're able to do those things because of the incredible support of the public. Mm, that's the power of curiosity. It is. Well, let me let me play off of what Angel just said when you talk about the power of curiosity and into innovation. Let me go from innovation to culture. And I mentioned at the top, from the janitor to the highest level surgeon, everyone is compassionate and courteous when you walk into St. Jude. So we know the stories about the importance of reinforcing the values of culture, but I was just curious, what do you do there to make people aware of the fact, be them a janitor, a cook, a nurse, a doctor, researcher, whoever it might be, just the behaviors that, that impact this incredible positive behavior that exists there, it seems, day to day? You know, Scott, it's interesting. I think that the culture of St. Jude emanated from Danny Thomas. And, and I remember Danny Thomas, you know, who at, back in the day was this amazing Hollywood star. Um, and yet he, when he would come to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, he would talk to everybody. He would talk to the patients and the families, but he would talk to the, you know, to your point, the people that clean the hospital rooms, the cafeteria workers, the doctors and the scientists, and he treated everybody the exact same. And he wanted St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to be a family environment uh, and wanted everyone to know that every person's job was just as important as the next person. So if you were the person that was cleaning or working in the cafeteria, you were just as important as he was or the CEO of Alsac or St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is. And, and, and that kind of culture has, has continued to this day. And, and you know, Scott, I think it's, 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 it, we're blessed because we get to meet some of the most amazing families that come to us from all across the United States and the world. And, and, and what, as soon as you see them, uh, you want to embrace them. And, and so that's the culture that we have. It, it, it continues every day. And when you just reflect upon the kind of work that we do uh, and know that these families uh, are dealing with some of the worst kind of news that you can possibly deal with, it, it actually comes to you pretty naturally because we're all loving and caring human beings. And, and that's, the, that's the kind of culture that we have have at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. We literally want to wrap our arms around these families when they come to us and make them feel as comfortable as they possibly can. Well, you ought to write a book about it, Rick, because uh, you're doing it well. It works. It works. And uh, so many other companies are not nearly as fortunate to have that kind of culture and that kind of just that just that good feeling of compassion the minute you walk into the corporate doors. It's, it's very impressive. Yeah, certainly a high-performing organization. And I know St. Jude has been a part of uh, the I4CP membership for a while, and your employees have voted uh, St. Jude and ALSEC to be a great place to work. 
So that says a lot right there. And we know the stories about how well the kids are treated and in the culture. Can you share some examples or stories on what, uh, give us an idea of what the employee experience is. I would imagine uh, these, these employees love coming to work because of the culture. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think every day that people have an opportunity to see the importance and the value of their work, uh, you know, we we hear about success stories. We you know we 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 hear the scream or the cheers when somebody's experiencing their no mo chemo party, which signifies the end of their of their cancer treatment, and it's celebrated with confetti and and cake and things like that. And 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 you know, all of us participate in in these in these special occasions. So you. You feel the successes, but then we also know that our heart's broken all the time because, you know, one out of five kids that walk through the doors of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital are not going to walk back out the doors of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. They're going to pass away. And, and, you know, so it's still the leading cause of death by disease in U.S. kids today. So that's what inspires us to continue to do our best every single day, because we don't want to have those moments when poor mom and dad who brought a child are walking out without a child. So it's those kinds of moments um, that I think keep us motivated and, and, and keep our eye on the ball and inspire us to do the best work. And it's why I think our employees want to come to work every day and we try to create that environment that gives them the opportunity to thrive. Rick Shadiak, our special guest on Leading the Way, the CEO at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. We're back with more after this. What are best practices? Are they what set you apart from your competition? Or are they simply what most companies do to stay in the race? At the Institute for Corporate Productivity, or I4CP, we focus on next practices, and that focus is what today's high-performance organizations rely on to lead the way. Next practices are tactics and strategies that our research has discovered have a great impact on market performance, but that few companies are using. They are what will define market leadership in the years ahead. I4CP helps you see around the curve so your company can adapt and take advantage of emerging trends in the ever-evolving world of human capital. We want you to lead the way. So join our team, I4CP, Institute for Corporate Productivity, leading the way. And now back to Scott Murray and Angel Carlton and Leading the Way, powered by Welcome the Welcome back Institute. to Leading the Way, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton on this Sunday afternoon. Great to have you along and delighted to have Rick Shadiak, the CEO at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Memphis, Tennessee. It is renowned, one of the most incredible children's hospitals on the planet, and we're uh, delighted that Rick took some, uh, some time out on this busy weekend to join us. You know, one of the things that I want to do uh, talking about in moving forward here is St. Jude is so generous in so many ways, even with the research that is discovered, and I and I know you'll you'll be humble with me here, uh, Rick. But let's face it: so often research is very very territorial when it comes to especially things like medical science, and and yet I. Uh, I know the hospitals. I've been on some boards at Children's Hospital in Dallas over the years. I was on Cook Children's in Fort Worth, that board for 12 years. And I saw that some of our patients would go to Memphis, and yet you shared information. You shared just your wisdom and your knowledge. And, and that 
that doesn't always happen. So so good for you. I just I think the the sharing of knowledge and the collaboration happening in children's medicine today, a lot of that was set forward by by your whole culture. Yes, no? No, you're you're 100% correct. I mean, Danny Thomas wanted us to freely share the research that's conducted at St. Jude so that kids around the globe would benefit from it. A perfect example, Scott, was just a couple of weeks ago, we announced the, the St. Jude Cloud Initiative in partnership with Microsoft, where, where we literally put all this genomic data that I mentioned to you before in the cloud, and it's accessible for doctors across the United States and the world once they sign on to that and agree to some privacy things. Uh, it's, it's available to them so that they can better they can use that data to better diagnose their patients all around the United States and the world. That's a perfect example of what St. Jude does. We also run several studies for the federal government. We're the, you know, we're the National Coordinating Center for the Study of Brain Tumors in Kids, and we also run uh, the Childhood Cancer Survivor Study for the government so that we gather all that data uh, and, and we're able to you know, make findings from that data and then push that out so that people can benefit, again, all across the United States and the world. Good for you. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yes, uh, that transparency is so, so important. And our research shows that uh, transparency is a direct correlation to uh, market performance. And I know at St. Jude, uh, you pride yourself on being transparent in every area. And uh, every company is different when it comes to transparency. Can you explain how why uh, transparency is the right strategy for, for St. Jude to use? Well, I think it's the right strategy for all brands to use, and it's all about trust. Transparency is all about trust. So, you know, if you want people to engage with your brand, if you want people to make a donation to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, you've got to be transparent about what their donation is going to do. You've got to be able to demonstrate impact. You've got to be able to demonstrate how those funds will be used. Um, and, and, and that's why I think that we're, we're so successful. It's why we're generally one of the most trusted brands in America. Um, people love St. Jude Children's Research Hospital because, again, we have that foundational promise that no family's ever going to receive a bill from St. Jude. So they know that literally when they make a donation to St. Jude, they are impacting a, a family and taking that financial burden away from them so that mom and dad can focus on getting their child better. So to me, transparency is, 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 is equals trust, and trust is what allows your brand ultimately uh, to be successful. Absolutely. And, and it seems the hospital industry in general has been operating the same way forever, and, and I'm so pleased and so encouraged to see uh, that so many are stepping into more innovative, transparent practices as, as you're speaking of here. And you always seem to uh, separate yourselves from, from the rest, and uh, you're, you're the leading hospital that people always strive to be like. So how much are you looking outside of the healthcare industry uh, for some of the more cutting edge or next practices, as we call them here at I4CP, that you won't get from collaborating with other hospitals? And are there some other similar industries that you're looking to, to mimic? Absolutely. And it's a great question, Angel. So so the, the perfect example is the one I just gave you. So, you know, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital partnered with Microsoft uh, to create this cloud so that, that that research could be put out there um, in the Internet to be used by multiple people. At ALSAC, we, we pride ourselves on spending lots of time um, with, with, with companies that have been in the news a lot lately. But, you know, it's important that, that we have great partnerships with, with Google and with Facebook uh, and with Amazon. 
We just tested a, a great way to make a donation, a voice-activated donation with Amazon. So you can ask Alexa, you can tell Alexa that you want to make a donation to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and you can do that now. So, you know, those are some of the cutting-edge things that, that I believe we always have to be, you know, willing to engage with, and, and it's paid off wonderfully for us. So, I mean, that just gives you a couple of ideas. Mm-hmm. That's great. Tell you what, uh, I remember when you were here last year for for the uh, the evening evening under the stars, the the gala that you put forward here in in the Dallas uh, North Texas area. Um, there were some great stories that always come out of that, and I'm most privileged and proud to to MC for that event for you each and every year, Rick. But I tell you what, it always I, I always compare some of the other events that I that I MC and what have you that are charitable and along the same lines as St. Jude, and somehow you just always seem to get it right. You personally coming in as you do, but just just your staff and what have you, and it truly shows the way people open their hearts and. I really would be remiss if I didn't say how how moved everybody was. That it's kind of like a who's who of people from Dallas that are there that have the deep pockets and whatever that come to support families and children or what have you. And yet, do you remember that guy last year, the five-year-old girl who had just received all kinds of re, uh, you know treatment for the last two years at that point since she was like two and a half, three years old. She got up and shared her story, and there was some guy in the audience that nobody knew. He was not one of the the people that you always see at these different events that has the deep pockets. He he gave a quarter of a million dollars. All of a sudden, he said, 250000 And we wow. said, what is going on? And everybody wanted to know who the guy Does that happen often? That was unbelievable. I have never in my entire life seen anything like that at one of these fund a cure or, you know, raise money for whatever it might be. You know, Scott, it doesn't happen often, but it happens. That was a remarkable set of circumstances in Dallas that night. I, you know, I'm blessed to work with some amazingly talented staff members that create these experiences for people. Uh, but there was a very, you know, generous man that decided he wanted to stand up and match our give to live. That's that opportunity when you can actually make a donation to, to St. Jude and it's 100% tax deductible and you don't get anything in return. You literally are just helping us to operate the hospital. I, I can tell you one other quick story when, when you know, we're, as you've alluded to, we're, we are partners with the NFL, and we have a uh, an event at the at the Super Bowl every single year. And and we had a similar situation after I got done speaking, and another patient father spoke, uh, an NFL football player who I did not know and we did not have a relationship with, literally stood up and said, "I want to give a hundred thousand dollars on the spot." Wow. Um, and, and and you know that motivated everybody else in the room to stay. I want to be a part of this as well. So there are wonderful human beings that God places all across the United States that, that inspires charitable giving uh, from all of us. And I think people do rally to the extent that their resources allow their means, allow them to do it. But that night in Dallas was a very, very special night. And you were a big part of it, Scott. You were a big part of it. Because when you associate, when we get to associate with you, people know that this is a brand that they can trust. You know, you're a trusted leader in that community, and, and you know, you give us that platform. So thank you, my friend, for all that you do for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital as well. Well, you're you're very kind with your comments. I don't know if they're uh, they're 
what they should be. I mean, I mean, really, you're you're above and beyond. I can't thank you enough. But I tell you what, it's a labor of love, and I'm sure that everybody else that's out here or out there at those events is there for the same reason because they see the incredible work that you do every single day. And it doesn't get much better than helping a child. And when it's a sick child and you see all the things that you have done for decades, uh, it's awful, awful easy on my part to, to just show up uh, on a particular night and help your, help your cause and help your mission and uh, try and make it you know, all that much better so that we can take that 94% that you now cure and make it uh, eradicate it that we can make it 100%. Wouldn't that be something someday? That'd be something special. So that leads me to my next question, the future where you are from a research standpoint for what what lies ahead for alsac and st jude yeah so so you know we're in the middle of a multi-billion dollar expansion right now so we're we're literally we broke ground this week on a on a uh, new research tower 412 million dollar research tower that god willing will lead to even more cures and higher survival rates uh, and we recently opened up three brand new patient care floors, and and you know now we've seen well over 300 kids on our proton therapy center, which is the only one dedicated solely to kids in in all of America. Uh, we're, we're you know trying to expand the number of kids that we see at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. You know we're trying to double the number of kids that are enrolled on St. Jude-led clinical protocols so that we can test the efficacy of these treatments uh, and speed the cure. So there's lots of great work that's going on right now. And, and, and all of this is being fueled by our generous supporters that were able to dream this way to, to embark upon a multi-billion dollar expansion. Uh, and, you know, a lot of this is going to be based in research. I mentioned the St. Jude Cloud, but also coming out of the Pediatric Cancer Genome Project, Scott, was was a finding that 10% of these kids have a predisposition toward cancer. So we've opened up a cancer predisposition study at St. Jude so that if kids do have these genetic markers, then they can be tested. Uh, and, and God willing, if they, if God forbid, if they're diagnosed with cancer, we're going to catch it early. And early detection is going to lead to the best chance of survival and quality of life. So there's lots of amazing work that's being done at St. Jude simply because we're able to do it because of the support of the public. And I think that's why the, the public and, and, and the private sector as well in corporate America gets behind you. I know I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Doug and Holly Brooks. Uh, sure. Doug is the former CEO of Brinker International, going to be co-chairing the event again this November here in Dallas. Uh, $50 million they gave to uh, to St. Jude for the, the Chili's Care Center over right. the years. And and that's an incredible building that you have right there on campus in in uh, you know in Memphis. So it, it is above and beyond. How about you, Angel? Any closing thoughts? I know you were so excited about meeting with Rick, and, and you're a mom. You have a child. Uh, you know, it, does, it doesn't really it doesn't get much better than this, than helping a sick child, does it? Oh, no, no. It just tugs at your heart to know the work that you're doing there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. all I can say is thank what do you. you. Say? Thank you for doing the work that <laughs> yeah. you do. Yep. Um, it's a privilege. I, I ditto exactly what Angel said, Rick. We can't thank you enough for stopping by, but even more importantly, thanks for all that you and your incredible organization does every single day for sick kids around the world, not just here in America, but literally around the world. It's, it's amazing. Well, thank you, Scott and Angel, for giving me the privilege of being on your show. And I, I love you guys, and I thank you for, your, for all that you do for St. Jude. And we'll look forward to seeing you next yeah. time you're here in the great state of Texas. Thank you much. Rick Shadiak, CEO of St. Jude Children's Hospital, and, of course, Alsac as well. So uh, we're going to be back with more of our Insight segment right after this. Looking for a great video to preserve your family's legacy? Maybe a video that promotes your business or company for Internet or promotional use. 
Seems just about everyone nowadays thinks they can create videos of their choice simply by pushing a button on their iPad or their smartphone. For capturing an everyday moment, hey, that's just fine. But if you want a professionally produced high-definition video of cutting-edge technology, then call us today at Murray Media. Whether live production or special event, look no further than the Emmy Award-winning team at Murray Media. From creation to capturing to editing to conclusion, Murray Media can get it done. From corporate to industrial to nonprofit videos and special events, television programs, TV commercials, website videos for both professional and personal use. Simply visit our website at murraymedia.net. That's Murray Media, always poised to video your world. Welcome back to Leading the Way. Here are your hosts, Scott Murray and Angel Carlton. Welcome back, everybody. We've been talking to Rick Shadiak, the CEO of ALSAC and St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And here we are, ready for our insight segment. We have here with us Kevin Oakes, the CEO of I4CP, our presenting partner. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Can you hear us? Hi, Scott. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, okay, hear now, now we got you. Now we got you. Hey, well, I, I think it's pretty obvious uh, that, that we were big fans. I'm certainly a big fan of uh, St. Jude for all the years that have been involved with that organization. It's above and above beyond, and I'm sure you would would agree that uh, Rick Shady has got Rick Shady has got quite a uh, you know quite a legacy that he takes from uh, from Danny Thomas and moves forward with all they do all around the world. No, oh, it's amazing, and uh, you know Angel mentioned it earlier in the uh, broadcast, but. Uh, we're very, very proud that St. Jude's is a member of I4CP. So we've been working with St. Jude's for a couple of years now. And actually, after just listening to Rick, I'm just so incredibly proud to have them as a member uh, and all the great work that they do. I, um, I have a good friend who lost a, uh, a child, his five-and-a-half-year-old, to, uh, to cancer uh, a while back. So I just really resonate with uh, the work that they're doing, and it was just really refreshing i guess to to hear you know how they run the organization and how rick thinks about things do you do do anything different when you you talk about the fact that they're a member of the i4cp team i just wondered very quickly if if you do anything differently with a nonprofit versus the for-profit organizations and companies that you work with all across america well they have um a lot of similar issues to the for-profit organizations scott um, but there are some uh, nuances, I think, that are different to nonprofits. And we have several that we work with uh, and will do research for. Uh, I think when you're in a nonprofit, the, you know, the culture and the engagement of employees is so critical uh, overall. And I generally find that it's uh, healthier sometimes than some uh, for-profit organizations. <laughs> yeah, right. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I really, uh, I really thought that uh, he, you know, Rick touched on that and, and what the culture is like in St. Jude's, uh, and so it's, it, it seems pretty clear to me just from his comments that they must have a marvelous culture, um, and the employees must be incredibly engaged in the work that they're doing. Yeah, oh, for sure. Absolutely, he painted that whole picture of how Danny Thomas created this culture that we're talking about at St. Jude by talking to everyone and treating everyone the same whether it's the janitor or surgeon, and he just had this incredible heart. And so that's creating that employee experience there. Um, share with us, if you can, uh, what other companies can learn from this and maybe how this ties to some of the research we've done on this type of thing. Yeah, that comment resonated with me for sure. My, um, my dad was a CEO for many years, and he used to tell me that he 
tried to do the same thing uh, and and go around and and make sure that everybody knew they were important uh, to the overall mission of the company. And I think that's really uh, what our research shows high-performing organizations do to to a T. They make sure that everybody inside the company knows how their job contributes to the mission of the organization uh, and for for for-profit organizations, how it contributes to the bottom line of, of the company. I can tell you, I worked in uh, in organizations early in my career where certainly people around me had no idea uh, how their job contributed, and uh, you know I don't think that's a very healthy thing for for organizations. And clearly, Danny, uh, you know, knew that early on based on the stories that you know Rick shared with us. Um, and so I, I I think that's critical. And I also think you you touched on transparency as part of uh, your conversation uh, with Rick and I. I'm a firm believer that uh, the more transparent you are, uh, the more trust you do create. And he he made that point. I think transparency creates trust inside an organization. And uh, I am always encouraging the companies I meet with to be as transparent as possible. And if they ever come to me and ask for advice around certain issues that they're dealing with, that's almost always my default is to uh, you know try to err on the side of transparency. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. I'll tell you what, it's rather ironic, rather coincidental, but last night I, uh, I emceed another event with, uh, with St. Jude. Uh, they had an event in Fort Worth, and Jeff Pearson, who's the uh, CFO, the chief financial officer of ALSAC and St. Jude, was in town, and he just went on and on about some of the things that you just mentioned, and he talked about transparency, and he also talked about the culture. So I just wondered, the culture at St. Jude, how, how does this correlate with, with other high-performing organizations or companies around the, around the country? Well, he, he referenced the Gandhi quote that I wrote down, you know, be the change in the world you wish to see, which I, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. And it's funny he referenced that because I, I've always resonated with another Gandhi quote, which was live as if you were to die tomorrow and learn as if you were to live forever. Oh, I like that. And mm-hmm. I, love, I, love, I love the second part of that uh, more than anything because I do think for organizations, that's a critical component is to create a company where – you're constantly learning and you're constantly sharing information. You're constantly collaborating. And that's what our research uh, definitely shows, which Angel knows uh, for sure, that the, the companies that are purposeful about their collaboration, that are rewarding of their employees who share knowledge uh, and take an attitude that sharing knowledge is power, not having knowledge is power, which was kind of an older way that a lot of employees used to operate is what really highlights uh, high-performing organizations. And it seems like that's the, the case of St. Jude's. He talked about innovation and the power of curiosity. Um, and I loved that, too, because we find that companies who are uh, incredibly innovative are ones that do collaborate a lot. They do share um, quite a bit, and they take this learn-it-all attitude that they're just going to constantly learn uh, throughout you know, their career. Uh, those are the ones that come up with great innovative ideas, and, and um, you know, innovation is really what fuels most organizations overall. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and we also just did an intensive study on purposeful collaboration, and so we recognize the importance of collaboration, which is a big part of their culture, uh, and collaborating with uh, other hospitals and so forth. So, can you share with us a little bit about the? Uh, benefits our members get to looking outside of the same industry and for you know the hospital industry for example 
Well, you know, I think that's where a lot of innovative ideas come from. And what we're finding in some even very large, well-established companies, Angel, is they are seeking information from other industries. They're trying to uh, collaborate with companies that are outside their, their own industry or, or sometimes very different than they are, such as a Fortune 500 company seeking to collaborate with a startup organization just so that it can spark new ways of thinking. Uh, and that's really the key is just to get out of your old way of thinking and uh, look at a problem, look at a situation a little bit differently. Anyway, Angel, I, uh, I sent out uh, an email ironically yesterday to the whole company about 3M uh, because I was doing some research uh, for a presentation I'm giving this week. Um, and 3M has uh, done so many innovative things over uh, its lifetime, but a lot of them uh, stemmed from giving their employees the freedom to think differently. And they created that whole concept of reflection time, which Google popularized and Google you know, says they give 20% of uh, an employee's time to outside reflection. 3M created that back in the late 40s, early 50s. And that's where the post-it note came from. That's mm -hmm. where scotch tape came from, all kinds of innovations that employees uh, can attribute to that, uh, that reflection time. And I think that's important. It's just giving your employees that freedom. It's bringing in um, some diversity of thought into the organization so that innovation can ensue. I like that. Mm -hmm. I really like that, yeah, Kevin. That's I great stuff. That. I tell you, well, we've got time for maybe one more question. Let me ask you this. All at St. Jude, and we've touched on it. Rick touched on it. Jeff talked about it last night. You've talked about it, Kevin. But they really do express themselves in a transparent way from sharing things like annual reports, salaries, other information that many companies really are reluctant to share. They just don't do that. They say, hey, this is ours. It's private. Nobody else is going to know about it. What are the benefits, though? of such practices in today's world to be so transparent about things like that? We are moving to more transparency, certainly on things like diversity and inclusion. And you see that, Scott, on the websites of many organizations today. They're beginning to uh, show to the world what the makeup of their workforce is, uh, both from a gender perspective, from a racial perspective, et cetera. And so I think you'll see more and more of that transparency overall because it is about the employer brand. And, you know, folks who are coming out of school and they're looking at different job opportunities, they want to go work for a company they believe in, that they trust, um, that has a mission that resonates with them. And that transparency is a big part of it. Now, the, the salary transparency is, uh, is an interesting topic, though. I got into this discussion last week with a group of folks who really could not get their heads around, uh, you know, being that transparent in their own organizations. And I think it will take a while for that to happen in many companies, um, but we are starting to see it. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to hear that about St. Jude's because I generally associate that with uh, some Silicon Valley companies, you know, who are trying to be a little bit different. But uh, we're going to see more and more transparency going forward for sure. Kevin Oaks, CEO at I4CP, sharing with us all his inside information on uh, Rick Shadiak, the CEO at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee, but touching children that are sick all around the world and doing it as well as anybody. As always, uh, Kevin, thanks so much, and uh, I wish I was going to be in the audience this week. I'd like to hear all that you have to say to 3M. You're, uh, I'm sure that's going to be over the top, so yes. thank you as always. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Angel. All right. Have a great week. Kevin Oaks. All right. We're going to be back uh, next week at the same time, so we certainly hope you'll join us as well for yet another edition of Leading the Way, where we always remind you to live your legacy by leading the way. Till then, I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Angel Carlton. Good night, everybody.